Hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much, as always, for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films diving back into the TV world and to the Walking Dead universe once again. I promise you, listeners, I said we'd do more Walking Dead episodes, and here we are. And joining me for this episode is my good friend, Mr. Jamie Wainwright. Once again, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely love The Walking Dead. Um, looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, like, I, I, I was... When I was coming up with ideas for what to do for this particular episode, um, I, I was like, whether we should do revisits of the series as a whole, or like, you know, just pick us favorite episodes. And we've gone for the latter because no doubt we will end up talking about the series anyways in whichever episodes that we do discuss. But what we're talking about in this particular episode is the introduction of Negan, the big bad for seasons, well, for half of season six, like the, the name was dropped, obviously Negan, the saviors popped up and then... Season seven, he is the main bad as two in season eight. And then he obviously went on that redemption arc, which probably won't chat too much about the redemption arc because we want to talk about the big bad that he was in that first introduction. But yeah, what a time. That that was quite a high point for The Walking Dead. When Negan got mentioned, I think everyone was like, oh my goodness, we're getting to the big moment. Yeah, it had been spoken about quite a lot. I think people who who read the comics know like we're expecting you know quite a lot and his name gets dropped quite a lot during the second half of the season so there was a lot of anticipation for it and then yeah obviously the finale he comes in and yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was such like i said i think cuz season 6 for me with the walking dead it's it's one of my if not is my favorite series cuz as I mentioned before on the show, listeners, I didn't. I, I watched The Walking Dead when it not long first aired. I think maybe the first or if not the second season was definitely on, and I just was not. I wasn't in a. I wasn't in a zombie vibe at that point, and I just didn't really connect with it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll try again later. And I did so at the end of season five because actually this is one of the reasons why I've got you on is that we lives together for the season the whole of season six mm. and then obviously we watched the opener of season seven together. So we were like first hand kind of seen each other or at least know how how we reacted to those couple of episodes because they were massive weren't they at the time that's such a big hype um and like yeah like for me like season six I think that's why because I got into it more so after season five I think that's why season six is my personal favorite anyways but it was so so like hyped up this whole Negan introduction wasn't it yeah no absolutely yeah season six is up there as one one of my favorites I'm not sure if I would say what was my favorite I mean probably discuss that a bit more later but (laughs) but but it was really good yeah and like I say I think at the beginning of season six they're sort of like getting introduced to Alexandria and there's like there's different things I think there was the wolves wasn't there at one point but but yeah nothing quite amounts to all the hype that was around Negan like just yeah like I say his name gets dropped by random people like People say they are Negan, and it's yeah. like it's like who is this mysterious <laughs> character? Um, but yeah, it was yeah. Season six is brilliant. I think that going back to what you said about who is this this mysterious character, I think for people who hadn't read the comics and didn't know anything mm. about what was to come, he was essentially like a boogeyman, wasn't he? Like mm. it was everyone was you know we hear him first mentioned in that season in season six episode eight mid season finale when Daryl Abe and Sasha bump into those saviors on the road, which is a fantastic sequence that continues into the opener of episode nine. <laughs> but like we first get that mention and kind of an idea as to how he how his system and how he rules in terms of everything belongs to him, this and that. And then, you know, we meet other communities, such as like the Hilltop, obviously with, with uh, Jesus obviously popping up and him saying what, what Negan is or what the crack is with Negan. But it's almost like, because I'm pretty sure as well that Daryl, I think I might be misspeaking, but doesn't he almost call it as saying that I'm sure that Negan's, a no, there is no Negan or something. I, I'm, I'm, I'm making that up. 
I'm not sure actually myself, but yeah, it's like it's like such a phenomenon. It's like, does does he actually exist? Yeah. Is it just something that people say? Is it like, is it a group of people? Like, what is it? Like, because I think in one of the episodes before the finale of season six, someone says he's Negan and Rick Rick kills him, doesn't yeah. he? But yeah. obviously, it's not Negan. So, and it was a, it was a good plot. It was a good kind of misdirection that as well, because the character that does say I'm Negan before Rick shoots him. He does look a little bit like Negan did in the comics. Obviously, he's got he's got even got the leather jacket on. It was almost like Scott Gimple and Co were like, let's let's see if people actually fall for this because there was a lot of misdirection oh, yeah. in season six. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I think they overdid it a little bit. I mean, Glenn and the dumpster, like, we'll not go on about that too much. But I, I was I thought that was a bit too much. I yeah. was like, Ugh. you could see why fans got annoyed at that at the time, and then even got more so annoyed with what happens, obviously, in Season 7, mm. Episode 1, which is a good reminder, actually, for me to say, listeners, that there is spoilers, obviously, because it's been <laughs> it's been a good number of years, and, uh, you know, like, you don't have to wait the six-month hell pain wait that we had oh, when uh, when it got to the end of Season 6, Episode 16, sorry. Oh. So, but, yeah, like, we, we've spoke a fair bit there, obviously, and, and just, you know, before we do fully dive into it, I think that they cast an amazing actor that, I don't think anyone else could have done what Jeffrey D. Morgan did with the character. I know that there's a lot in season seven where he is quite two-dimensional, but I think that in terms of his portrayal, in, in particular the episode he first comes in in the season six finale and 701, mm. it just it floored me, you know what I mean? And I think that even though that seven, for me, the season's very weak, um, that he most of the standout moments all revolve around him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he's a very very charismatic character and Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays him brilliantly. And um, yeah, I think I agree with what you're saying as well. Season seven and eight, there were a few dips and I think he kind of, things did improve, nine, 10, 11. Like, obviously we'll not get too into that. But yeah, just like when he comes out in the season six finale, he's just got so much of a presence. And it's mm. like, you know, after what he's done in episode one, you really, you know, you hate him. But at the same time, I think, you know, you kind of just, you're really drawn to his character because of, yeah, you know, how he carries himself. Exactly that. And that is what we're going to be talking about in this episode of Joe Blogs About Film slash TV, obviously. Before we do fully dive into it and immerse ourselves once again in these couple of episodes, uh, the podcast, of course, is available on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere, basically, anywhere where you can get your podcast from, it is available to stream. So give us a like and a follow, all that jazz on there. Leave us a review too, because that would be absolutely lovely if you were to do so. Jump onto the socials, search Joe Blogs About Films, into Facebook, at Joe Blogs About Films, onto Instagram for these social pages. Because, you know me, I like to talk about films and TV, would you believe? And if you want to have a chit-chat, let's get it, let's get talking, let's have a good old chinwag. Right then, so the introduction of Negan. So this is where we're going to be covering The Last Day on Earth, which is season six, episode 16 and then the day will come when you won't be which is season seven episode one and i said to you before that i wanted to kind of structure it so that we focus on the episodes equally and not try to blend too much into like merge them together because it would be easy to do so you could kind of watch these as like one long film um i guess again that's the beauty of kind of the the storytelling and the script writing for these two episodes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just I just rewatched them myself recently and um, I spaced them out a little bit. But yeah, it would would be very easy for them to um, to merge into one. But you know, credit to the writers for you know the, it, it, the thing with Walking Dead. It's like it's a TV show, but you know it's it's like a film in a lot of ways. Like each episode is like its own like little film in a sense. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree with what you say. Yeah, yeah, and and as much as I've criticised Scott Gimple. <laughs> Like, you know, privately, openly on this podcast, um, I do think he got a lot of, well, 
I was going to say got a lot of things right in this, but then obviously with how it went down in the sense of the actual ending to this with the cliffhanger, obviously, which we'll come to, you could argue that obviously that was a really, really I mean, we'll talk about what how we would have approached it maybe and how maybe we could have done it differently. It's all hypothetical, don't worry. Yeah. Um, but like, I do think that there there is a good craft in this. There's a good craftsmanship and I do feel that they had thought about how to please the fans all at the same time, please the fans of the comics, but then, you know, please new viewers who have never watched The Walking Dead to kind of mix it up a little bit because it, with anything, when you're adapting something, you have to kind of change it from the source material to an extent. Not so much, but I do think you've got to, you know, put some creativity as well. I do think that I can see what they were going for is what I'm getting at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, for fans of the comic books, you know, you don't want to stray too far from the source material, but you've got to in some ways, you know, absolutely. I mean, just just for example, from the comic books, you know, some people were expecting, you know, certain people to die. Did they did the not? So we'll get onto that a bit later. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, Scott Gimple, like, he does kind of overindulge in a few things like cliffhangers and stuff. Yeah. But um, but he has been good in some parts. I mean, I was glad when he left and Angela Kang took over in season nine. But again, you know, getting off topic a bit there. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, no, he did a good job in, in, in a lot of parts. Yeah, and and I will get your thoughts as well. Um, maybe after we've done these two episodes about the the overall ending of The Walking Dead and what you thought about the finale, obviously, listeners. If you want to hear my thoughts on the last season, you can go back and listen to some previous episodes where I reviewed each uh, each part. So do check that out as well. But we're not here to talk about all of that. We're here to talk about the introduction of Negan. Now, like I said, season six, episode 16, Last Day on Earth, I think it was originally going to be called Something to Fear, which is obviously what the comic's called, that Negan first makes his introduction, issue 100, I believe it was. Um, Obviously, up until this point, the saviors have been popping up, you know, here and there. Obviously, Denise uh, takes Abraham's death in the comics, takes an arrow through the eye. All of that, obviously, the the, the saviors are really kind of building up and we've obviously done that incredible episode uh, not tomorrow yet where rick and the group go to the outpost and kill all the people in their mm-hmm. sleep which was super intense and one of the yeah. best episodes of the walking dead i felt and really really just kind of showed how bad our heroes had actually got you know like if, if this is all context for what's to come in, in episode 16 you know in what what rick and co have done they've literally gone into an outpost where these men and whoever are sleeping, obviously, and they're just killing them in their sleep. It was really brutal, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it really was. That's the thing. Like, Rick and that, they're like the, you know, the heroes and stuff. But, you know, to see them kill that amount of people, you know, from from Negan's perspective, it's like they're the bad guys, you know what I mean? And I think that gets touched upon, you know, in later seasons. Um, but, yeah, I mean, considering what happens in season episode one, you, you could even say they get off lightly compared to, you know, what, Rick did to killing of you know the amount of people of theirs they killed definitely hundred percent like it, it was um it, you know you're rooting for our heroes but this is like a it's almost like just what what's happened and and like it's that murder jacket I swear it possesses Rick doesn't it it's <laughs> a sick jacket but good lord um so obviously yeah for oh sorry no so isn't that the same jacket he's wearing when he takes a bite out of that guy isn't it yeah yeah because yeah. he actually steals the jacket from one of the um oh what are they called um claimers that's what they call the claimers yeah. the claimers so he kills that guy in the bathroom and takes his jacket and then it's almost like yeah he possesses him and he just turns into a bad <laughs> i love it in just obviously going even further uh, going elsewhere but in season eight when after he's lost carl he puts the jacket back on and goes and slaughters all those savings <laughs> in that bar with morgan I'm telling you mate it's possessed um so yeah obviously again. yeah exactly morgan's fine with that i can't kill um so yes Negan obviously is pretty peeved yeah. that this has happened and and the, the build up to it is obviously the savage trying to get to our heroes and make them pay for what they've done and it's that thing again that I love so much about the the the, the, the kind of arc of these stories is seeing Rick and our heroes even Carl at the start like this almost like 
cocky attitude, like the hellbent on being able to defeat all the saviors. Like they've, it's, to them, they don't know the extent of what the saviors actually are or who they are and, and, and the scope of how many people they've got, which bit of a negative in terms of like why the savior story probably didn't work. There's that bloody many of them. It's like, how many men does Negan actually have? But that's another side tangent. Um, but like they, they, you know, to them, they probably think they can take them down. Like I said, there's this like kind of, like I said, cockiness around Rick at the start, you know, like almost like Carl's l- wanting to bump into them just for some kind of takedown or t- take out of the saviors. And to see that at the start to where they end up getting to, it's quite marvellous, really. No, yeah, it's massive. Like, compared from the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode, like, yeah, from an audience perspective, you know, you're, you're with Rick and Carl, and yet you've ne- obviously they've had people die along along the way, but, like, you know, they've always come through it. They've always been able to get through everything. So to see them at the beginning of the episode, like you said, yeah, full of confidence and, you know, thinking, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll defeat the saviors, we'll get Maggie to safety... You know, get to see a doctor, but then by the end of the episode, it's completely like completely turned around, completely flipped on its head, absolutely. And like the season as a whole, obviously even further back, you know, there is that level of they can defeat anyone. You know, when the walls came down in Alexandria and that huge amount of walkers came in, you know, they took them out in the episode No Way Out, which is phenomenal. And like again, it's like what can actually what who can stop them? Like you said, this where where we see our characters up until these last few episodes, they're at like the top. Of, of where they've ever been you know what I mean like they've they've handled Terminus this and that the prison the governor whatever but this is really where things start to shift and like you can tell that and the intensity all the way through obviously as you've mentioned Maggie's not well she needs to go see the doctor at Hilltop but the saviors are expecting them and I love the introduction of the saviors because it's not obviously Negan at the point it's it's obviously Stephen Ogg Simon who is who, well, brilliant. I think he is brilliant to start with, but I don't like what they did with his character in season eight at all in the slightest. But his introduction, it's menacing. You know, we get to see him take that that, that guy from the other community. It kind of spells it out to the audience as well, saying, you know, we gave you rules to follow. You didn't listen. So this is this is punishment. Kind of thing. We're going to make you an example for someone else, you know, or the other someone else being, being Rick and co. But, you know, you hear that whistle, that savior whistle. I mean, do you remember like... <laughs> exactly that yeah so Stephen Ogg though as Simon great like right hand man for um, for Negan but that interaction between him and Rick you know and he's like do you want to make this last day on earth and this and that you know I, I thought that was excellently like suspenseful and just thought it, it kind of as I say summed up what was to come yeah no absolutely it was really intense I remember that scene and like but yeah no he's brilliant and like I think from both side of things the kind of you know, obviously the saviors are very confident. They've got the numbers. They've got Negan. But you know, I think at that point, Rick and and the group and the group, they're confident at that time. They think they're, there's going to be a way that they're going to, you know, make it to Hilltop. You know, but obviously, we see what happens. <laughs> That's it. And and with each, you know, we talk about that cockiness and that ego, obviously, of of, of Rick um, at the start of this episode. He's still here in this moment. You know, when Simon says to him, like, I was, I was going to ask you for all of your stuff, and we're probably going to have to kill one of you because that's how it goes down. And then. Rick says something along the lines of, well, I was going to ask you for all your stuff and then I won't have to kill you a lot or any more of you of your guys or whatever he says. And it's like, again, like, just rubbing that salt in that it's like, yeah, I've killed a fair bunch of your men. Like, I'll take you down, no problem. And it's like, he just doesn't, he can't, he honestly can't, there's no comprehension there that something's going to stop him. You know, like Rick is top dog in, you know, yeah. in his eyes. He's a good leader, he's a good protector. He can save his people. He still hasn't got a clue as what's to come, and you can sense in this moment that that is the case. And with each passing block that they get on the way, you know the saviors' numbers are growing and growing. You see 
it's you can see the, the kind of cogs in his mm. in his mind turning, thinking it's not going quite right. This, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. The, the, I think the first blockade, there's only a few of them, and then yeah, it's just gradually more and more. And yeah, like terrific acting from Andrew Lincoln, because yeah, like Rick, you can just see, yeah, you can just like you said, you can see it in his face. You know, they're getting you know further and further up shit creek, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I think as well, credit to Bear McCreary, who does the score, obviously, and, and did the theme for Walking Dead. Fantastic, fantastic composer. Um, he does wonders with the whole score, obviously, throughout the series, but these two episodes, what I love the most is that with each time the saviour's stopping them, like, it's a slightly more, it's slightly more intense of, like, ominous sound, and at the same time, there's, like, this, like, deep riff on the guitar. It's, a, like, it's almost, like, westerny, but it's, it, it does feel darker, and there's that ominous feeling that something... It's it, like I say, it's going, it's going wrong. Like I said, these 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 are genuine people not to mess with. Um, just love, as I say, that 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 score. I don't know if you picked up anything like that. No, oh, yeah, no, the music in particular. Yeah, it, it just shows how the tension's sort of heightening and heightening. And um, just moving on a bit to to Negan, um, just with the whole blockade and stuff. It's kind of like you know he had all this plan. He's like it's yeah. showing them like. I'll not, I'll, I'll not try not to skip ahead too much, but like when he say, when he says one of his lines, it's like, this, "Today was a big day. This was career day." It was like he was yeah. putting on a show for them, like showing Rick and his group, you know, who they are and what they're capable of. Yeah, no, it's it's great because that's the thing with it. He's like toying with them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it's he he's he's always in this moment. He's always a step ahead of them. Like he knows where they're going, what they're trying to do, and he's just preventing all of that. And it's so super intense. Like each time, like I said that. That time, I think it's one of the last ones when they um, they're approaching, and it's just an, a huge blockade. It's like it looks like Saviors are performing like a, a giant human pyramid or something. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> it's like they're just so much of them. And I just want to quickly just take a take a quick step to just appreciate Abraham in this episode. I mean, appreciate Abraham anyways because what an absolute amazing amazing character. Like I wasn't too sure when he first came onto the scene, but I thought that Michael Cudlitz and his performance it just. I was so invested in this character that I just absolutely loved him. The humor, the, the muscular man side of it or whatever, you know, just kind of just a great character. But in this in this episode, he, I mean, he's got funny lines up his sleeve or whatever, but there are some absolute gems in this. And I, I made a couple of, uh, made three bullet points of someone. It's each, it's kind of each time they get to a certain blockage uh, with the saviors. And like the first one is, what the bitch? <laughs> which I think is, which is great. Then the second one is bitch nuts. <laughs> and then my third, this is my personal favorite. It's when they get to the one where the saviors have put all the, the trees in front, like they've, they've chopped the trees down and laid it out and they can't get any further. And Eugene says to me like, oh, this indicates. And, in, and Abraham cuts him off and says, what it indicates is that we are neck deep up shit creek with our mouths wide open. <laughs> it's just like, he's just absolutely such a great character. Yeah, no, he really is. His lines are absolutely brilliant. I think I was the same as you, kind of. I wasn't quite sure about him at first, but yeah, I, I grew to love him. And he has some terrific moments um, in this in this, um, in this this episode, particularly when he, he said when he says he's ready for kids and stuff. And it's yeah. just like, it's really emotional. And, and it's like, you know, you just think, you know, his character's come so far, you know. I think that's it as well, because obviously when we meet him, he's obviously with Rosita, and then obviously he starts to get feelings for Sasha, and I think it's it's the first, you know, real true relationship, like to be that open in that moment. It's a very lovely moment between the two, and again, it's for what's to come, it's almost like his pre-goodbye, because he does get another one, obviously, just before and such, with the peace sign, this and that, but they've got, they have a good, I, I really liked Sasha and Abraham together, I thought they made a good couple, good dynamic duo, but like I just, that moment, as you say, when he's talking to her in there, you know, saying, "Could you do what they do?" What obviously what Maggie and Glenn have done, like, and saying that he was ready for it, like now making that point that now he's ready because he's with Sasha. Um, it's really it, it, in all of this, 
intensity and this kind of like really uneasiness as to what's going to happen to our heroes. It's a nice kind of breath of fresh air moment. Like just take us out of it just for a bit of like calm and just a lovely little moment between the two of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's what Walking Dead does best at times. Like, you know, you can have a lot of action going down. It's really intense. You know, a lot of things are happening. And then all of a sudden, just like a really nice, sweet moment put in there. You know, that that's one of the things I love about Walking Dead. That's why I watched it start to finish. Yeah, yeah exactly that. And just continuing with Abe, obviously, like the, you know, he, he, gets some, he gets some strong moments in this as we've established. But that goodbye sequence between him and... Eugene, you know, when mm. when they realise that the series are following the RV, so let's take the RV here and we'll go on foot this, you know, the other way, try cut across them kind of thing. It definitely felt like one of them was going to die. Like in that moment, you were like, "This is a, this is a, someone's going to die." Goodbye, you know what I mean? Like it's a really lovely, strong moment. Like it, 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 Abraham's there, like telling him, saying how to drive the RV, saying it's not going to. If you put too much down here, it's today. And then and then Eugene just ever so calm is like, "How come you never let me drive the jeep?" And he's like, "I didn't think I had it in you." And he's like, I was wrong. You're a survivor. And you're like, oh my, especially when you know what's going to come. Really, really, you felt that. Like I say, you really felt that moment. It, just to me anyways, when, when we were watching it even first time viewing, I was like, this doesn't sit right with me. I, I'm sad, but I feel like I'm going to be even more sad when one of these inevitably doesn't come back from this. Yeah, no, exactly. You kind of knew then that one of them was going to die at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, everything you said there, absolutely spot on. It was such a nice moment. And, you know, it's nice that they made time for those moments. Um, but yeah, the fact that, you know, he wasn't sure about Eugene, but um, but he, he was wrong. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just great. And and yeah, just really strong performance. And I, I, I still, I still like, yeah, he was, he was on borrowed time anyways, was, mm. you know, Abe, obviously he'd already surpassed his uh, comic death, obviously, which as I said yeah. earlier was given to Denise. So it was a case of like, is he going to be, you know, in how long is he going to last kind of mm. thing? But let's, 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 let's get to it. Let's, let's jump to what we had to talk about, obviously. We, we just, you know, going over the build up to it, kind of, well, it's part of the story, obviously. It's to build up the intensity and build up to this kind of monumental moment that Negan, this character that comic fans have been waiting for, one of the biggest icons and, and you know, part of one of the biggest stories, obviously, for, for The Walking Dead, was going to be a live depiction, live adaptation um, on the TV show. It was super, super exciting. And when our characters are playing Scooby-Doo in the trees, when they're, like, running, you know, <laughs> trying to get away from the saviours, it's just building up, isn't it? Like I say, you hear the first few whistles... Hearing that is haunting, isn't it? Yeah. Like it was really like, oh my god! Like, and you knew you were we were coming to like the climax. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, a few whistles here, there, and then it just gradually builds and builds, and it gets intense. You see the look on everyone's faces, like you see the look on Rick's face and all, everyone else, and they just look really distressed. And obviously, they get more and more distressed towards the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah I love that that kind of uh, the camera, like just panning out, zooming out. Once you know, Rick and the Rick and everyone. Arriving to like the middle of the whole, you know, the service surrounding surrounding them with the lights just like blaring at them, and the camera zooms back, and we just see the scale of how many are actually there. There is nowhere to run; like there is nothing they can do. Even like when you know Simon comes over to him and Rick says, "We can talk about this." He's like, "We're done talking. It's now time to listen." Mm-hmm. The, our, our leader has gone from, like you said, the, the look on his face. I mean, that's just the start yeah. of it, obviously. <laughs> but he is absolutely like shocked beyond like shocked isn't even the right word he's it's like he's leading up to like like, yeah exactly (laughs) distraught that this has happened there's nothing you know like when you see them in terminus and stuff obviously that you know someone did come to save them that being carol no one's coming for them in this moment like no one is coming for them and i i I just like i said that the 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 face is something that i like i said just still with me to this day like i just could you just can't believe this moment's happening and and again with the score when Simon gets small on the knees. I love this little touch is where Nick, uh, Nick, where Rick 
um, as he starts to, he goes down on his knees. As soon as his, I think it's, it's his left knee goes down first, there's like a bang on a drum. It's like a, and then and then he puts his right knee down, and then another bang on the drum, and it's all, it's like almost like our leaders now been defeated. This is this this is it. It's like it's just a little bit extra that I thought was really a really good like kind of worked really well together with the sequence. Um, helpless, brought to their knees. It just we we were. It's one of those where you're waiting for this moment, but at the same time when it's happening, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's like such good TV because it's like, oh my god, what's going to happen? It's exciting, but at the same time, you're so worried for the characters. You're like, uh. but yeah, like you said, like the score is absolutely brilliant. Like just when Negan's about to come out and Simon's like, let's meet the man, and then it, it's like building up. It's, it's like, like a, it's like an organ, isn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah. it, it's, it's uh, proper. Yeah, it's like an organ building up, and it's like you you're like. We're finally getting to see him. Like it just, yeah, it builds up so much. It's brilliant. And again, obviously, from from you know, comic panel to to screen, obviously, pretty much all of Negan's uh, monologue that we that we see in this episode is pretty much word for word from the comics. Obviously, albeit there's no explicit uh, word used in the in the obviously standard cut, but you can watch the uh, unrated version. Have you have you checked that out? The one with all the f bombs. I haven't actually. No, sorry. <laughs> well, if I'm being honest, like, and this is just my personal opinion on it, uh, it's my personal opinion on this. If others disagree, that's fine. I think that the actual standard cut is better than the unrated version. I feel that the line delivery in the, like I said, it, it, it just, it was so much better. It just felt a bit more intense and more threatening. Whereas when he was effing and jeffing it in the explicit version, it took me out of it just a little bit. Like I did feel like, I felt like I was watching a comic character. You know what I mean? It did feel very comic-y. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I just felt that the, you know, the lines that Negan says, like the one about I'm, now I'm going to beat, uh, I'm going to beat the holy hell out of one of you. That is so much better than I want to beat the effing 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 or whatever he says in the comics in the explicit version. It just it felt more threatening to me anyway. So I, I, I'd love to know other people's opinions on that. Which which version they preferred of the dialogue of Negan, but. JDM Jeffrey Morgan arrives on the scene as Negan, and again flawless isn't it this this monologue it is you are hanging off every word that he is saying aren't you yeah oh you are pissing our pants yeah but yeah no absolutely like just his presence when he comes on when he comes on it's like you know it's you see him there he's got the bat like there and it's just yeah you just you're mesmerized like as soon as he comes on and you you know you know someone's gonna die but you know it's gonna you know it's gonna be a well you know it's not going to happen straight away because you know he's going to talk and you know we're getting a good introduction to this character. It is it is one of the, if not the greatest introductions to any villains. I think that that's what Andrew Lincoln believes anyways. I'm sure that's what I read that he said it's the greatest introduction um, for a villain on, on TV, in TV history. But I, I think again, like the, the score and the camera angles of this is just superb. Like the score itself, it's very limited. There's not much. Mm. As soon as that organ ends and Negan comes out and delivers the, the famous piss in our pants shirt, it's going to be PP Pan City here real soon. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just, just normal background. It's just normal sounds. It's, it's uh, crickets chirping, foots crunching on the floor. Obviously, as he's walking, you know, every now and then, like you'll hear the bat swing. You can hear it all. There's, there's literally very limited, um, yeah, all natural sounds. I say very limited score. You can even hear like the the our heroes like panting, crying, or whatever. It's really, really excellent. But what I like about the framing as well is obviously is that you know everyone's on their knees and the camera kind of sticks behind Rick, uh, just just in the gap between him and the person that's next to him, facing upwards, and it's like Negan's looking down at him. Like he is, I'm in charge now, and he does everything with that like sadistic smile. It's so, again, like I say, you're just hanging off his word, every single word. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you, you can tell that you know he's got a lot of evil tendencies, but he's really enjoying it as well. Like he's, he's such a good villain. Like you say, the introduction is amazing. Like I say, the music score and then, you know it's kind of like you know less is more kind of thing. We like you said, you know, it's not you know we're not going out with a whole massive orchestra, but you know just like from how the music stops when he when he starts talking, and like you said, it, you know the leaves crunching and everything. Yeah, it's, it is it is brilliant, yeah. It's all for the same purpose, you know. As dramatic and as charismatic as he's being, obviously this, what he does, it's it's a way, like I say, it's showing who's in charge. He is installing fear into these people. He wants to break them. It's like you've you've had it your way for too long. You think that's the way, of, but I'm, I'm actually the person that's in charge. You're going to answer to me. The, the save has been going off for however long, you know what I mean? Like they've been doing their own thing for however many years and that. This is your way of life now, as he says in the episode. This is how it's going to be, and 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 we we can't not forget, obviously, that Rick did kill a bunch of Negan's men. Like at the end of the day, this is, like I say, how could they? Like he says to them, you you weren't, you didn't think you were going to get through this without being punished. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, actions have consequences, and I think that as horrible it, as horrible as it is for us, as you know, wanting our heroes to survive this. If like we've said before in this episode, if the roles were flipped and we were following Negan's group. We'd be rooting for this in a way, wouldn't we? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's the thing. The amount of people Rick and that killed, you know, at that outpost, you know, there is justification for way, the way Negan's behaving. Like, obviously, you know, he does enjoy it a little bit too much. But, um, but yeah, no, exactly. That That's the whole, that's, that's it, yeah. When Glenn jumps out after Negan kind of uh, obviously goes to Maggie saying, I should put you out of your misery now because obviously she looks really ill. Um, were you worried at that point that that was going to be the moment? Did you think when you watched it originally... Oh my God, Glenn's going to get battered like right now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Obviously, I knew what happened in the comics, so I was kind of like, "Oh God, here it comes." But then, yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't like do it like that straight away, like because that would have been a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah like it, it was just I just I love watching people's. Re- I don't know if people have ever watched the reactions to any of these episodes on 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 YouTube or whatever, but there's so many people that that moment were like as well thinking, "This is it." It's like like worrying. For Glenn's safety in this, obviously we had a reason to be worried in the end of it, but like it's, it was just like, oh my God, it was almost like not another fake out. It was fine, but it was like, it was just again to enhance that intensity as well of like, anyone's going to go. Uh, there's nothing that Rick can do. Like, and it's that thing again of Rick still trying to work it out what, if, if he can do anything, but there's nothing he can do. But we come to obviously like, you know, the, the infamous, you know, the Eeny Meeny Manimo sequence, which is just so good. Um, in spite of what happens with the cliffhanger and such, but, you know, I remember I remember when this moment happened and I was so excited to see it, having seen the panel and it was unfolding before my very eyes. And I'm not going to lie, I, I, we can talk about obviously reactions now to like what happens next to the cliffhanger and such because we've made it there. But um, I was fuming. <laughs> and uh, you, you've obviously got your own story about this because we didn't watch this episode together. We lived together, but you watched it before you went to work and you can obviously dive into that one, which is hilarious. <laughs> but like... I was furious with this. Like, I, I like, I mean, looking back, obviously now, and, and that's all we were given, so I had to try and get on with it and appreciate it. But I was livid with the way they ended this, and uh, many people were as well. Yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> so basically, like, yeah, I did love the whole eeny, meeny, miny, mo thing, because that's the thing, obviously, we know um, we know that Glenn gets gets the death yeah. in the comics, so it's like, and I thought the TV show might, I thought they would change it up, and they did, you know, in a, in a, in a sense. So... Um, I really enjoyed that, but then yeah, just like I expected us to at least see, you know, what at least one of the one of the killings. So to not have that, and yeah, my story was basically um, I stayed up quite late, got a bit inebriated, shall we say, and then 
and I ended up having to have the, the next day off work, which I wouldn't have minded if it, have, if it hadn't ended on such a cliffhanger. But, you know, damn you, Scott Gimple. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is it's hilarious. Like, he stayed, he st- we, we did this, obviously, for the season seven opener where we stayed up for it airing at the same time as America. You did this, obviously, for the finale, and I, as other people probably did as well. I, I can't imagine that. Li- and I remember the next day messaging you, being like, oh, my God, was it worth the wait? And you were like, just wait and see. <laughs> you wouldn't say anything. You were just like, just, just you watch it and then come back to me. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it it really left a sour taste in people's mouth. Did this because we'd had a fair few cliffhangers already. Obviously, I know that it's weird because the end of season five, you know, you know, Rick kills. Um, oh my goodness, I forgot his name. You know, Jesse's husband um, shoots him right in front of Morgan. Obviously, and Rick Morgan turns back up and he sees Rick as this like killer in Alexandria. Um, I forgot the gentleman's <laughs> name, and it, it was a piece of shit, anyways. But yeah, shoots it, and it was like kind of like left open there and stuff. So. I don't know, like, either way, like, because, again, the hype of this episode, as I stated before, like, was so grand. Like, we'd already had, we'd had teasers. We knew that Negan was coming in. There was a post, obviously, that came out, obviously, showing the back of Negan. We knew people, word of mouth was getting around that someone is going to pop the clogs in this episode. The interviews before, all the cast were saying that it was one of the most traumatic experiences. I think, overall, they were probably merging their experiences of, set, you know, episode 16 and episode 1 of 7, because... As, as we know, it's a very, very haunting episode. But, you know, they were saying it was one of the most traumatic things they've ever experienced and people aren't gonna, won't be able to believe what they're seeing, this and that. So there was a lot of hype around this. And for that cliffhanger, yeah, it took me, it, honestly, I, I remember literally just being, I couldn't quite believe it. As much as I thought, as much as I appreciate the art of it, I think that I, I love that angle and seeing that POV. I just think if we'd have just seen who it was at the end, it would have been worth it, you know what I mean? Like, I just... I do like. I, I, looking back now, I say I can. I can appreciate it even more because we 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 now know what happens afterwards. But yeah, this real. I mean, it, it peed off people so much. I think the the IMDb rating, which I know if people don't follow ratings, that's fine. But it was something really bad. I I, I definitely saw it in like maybe the five point or what, like five point nine or whatever, and then it were like maybe even up to six. I think that because a bit of trivia for you, that season six, as of March 2018, sorry, I think it's gone up now since, but it had the highest rated episode and the lowest rated episode. The first, uh, the episodes, um, uh, episode No Way Out, obviously that mid-season finale, yeah, 9.6, and then Last Day on Earth was 6.3. So you can just see like how much this, and like some of the, and understandably, I guess, I mean, we were all pretty miffed that, that they'd done this. It was almost like, I think if we hadn't have had to wait six months yeah. I don't think it would have peed as maybe as much people off. If it was the mid-season finale, mm. you know, of a season, three months, two, three months or whatever, yeah. maybe, but six months we had to yeah. wait for this. Like, how did we survive? Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, if you were binging it, you wouldn't mind at all, obviously, would you know, the next episode. But yeah, and, and again, it's just, it's from the writers because I think like, they knew, I, I think they kind of knew it would annoy people, but I think they knew in order to find out who died, you know, you would be tuning in anyway. Although I think a lot of, I mean, I think a few people stopped watching after the end of season six, maybe a few after the end of season seven, episode one. We could talk about that a bit later, I suppose. But yeah, yeah, it's not something they should, I mean, I think after that, they stopped doing that kind of cliffhanger thing, didn't they? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm glad they did. <laughs> yeah, I'm bloody glad they did as well. They like, I just, it was one of those because, um, you know, the theories behind all this afterwards. I mean, that was kind of the fun of it in a way, like, and and as we got closer to October and to the episode airing, got more excited, obviously, to find out what was going to happen, albeit we didn't really, I don't think we were half expecting just how traumatic it was going to be, but we were still excited for it. And, like, 
there was so much. I mean, the, the people, we were analysing the hell out of this last sequence. I mean, there was so much misdirection, which is fun. The, the camera chops and changes, obviously, throughout Negan doing his eeny, meeny, miny, mo with the bat and that. And it's great viewing, as I say. I, you are at the edge of your seat because you're like, who is he going to pick? What's going to happen? Who is it going to be? And yeah, fair enough, we don't find out who it is at the end of this episode, um, which is, I'm, I, I can't honestly, just ridiculous at the time. <laughs> but like, we were analysing, like, right, there's a rock in front of the, per- like, as the POV is, he looks down, there's a rock in front of, who was, let's go back and try <laughs> Honestly, we were there, weren't we? Everyone was at it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this shadow's here, this shadow's yeah. there. What does this mean? Does that mean he got killed, she got killed? It was like, yeah. And like, oh, if you look at Negan, there's some lights behind him on the right-hand side. As you look at it, who's could it be? Like, the blood tree. And like, there's all these noise, noises. Like, who's 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 talking? I mean, one of the one of the things that I um, that I remember as well when I was making notes of this podcast is that, I don't know if you remember as well, but the audio leaked for this the last moment of Negan's monologue like the day or two days before the episode aired yeah. so we all got to hear it before we saw it and so we knew that I mean, maybe we should have started with that in fairness obviously to kind of again build up with that hype but there was someone being killed at the end of it wasn't there it was sounded horrendous yeah no absolutely I remember about that leaked audio because I when I listened to that I thought yeah we're definitely going to see who gets yeah, killed yeah. so that's what hyped me up for it and then all of a sudden you know <laughs> didn't find out for six months six months I mean <laughs> You know, it's one of it's one of those. Like, I do like I said, I appreciate the craft of it, and like so the, the the blood coming down the screen, so you feel like it's maybe you. I mean, the POV shots were all the way through the the episode, weren't they? There was like obviously because there was the shots of Glenn, uh, Glenn, Michonne, Daryl, and, and um, Rosita were held in that van, weren't they? And like there's a, there's, there's the POV shots throughout of you know someone looking at at the van doors kind of thing from the inside and it was like was that a hint as who it was that got beaten obviously Glenn and Daryl were in there because people thought that it could be Daryl that could take mm. the beating because he you know Glenn was essentially Rick's right hand man I mean he is in the TV series but more so uh, to an extent in the in the comics and now Daryl took that obviously being the, the you know Rick's brother air quote and this and that so it could have been Daryl but there were so many theories flying around I mean in fairness like don't want to you know to my own home, but I did say that because of, you know because of the way they ended it and they they were kind of building up for a season seven opener. I was like, I think two are going to go and not one. You can't leave us hanging for six months and it just be one person. And if it is Glenn, that's an even bigger middle finger to the fans because we knew that was going to happen anyway. You can't leave us hanging on a cliffhanger for six months for something that we inevitably know is going to happen. So I did feel mm-hmm. that two would go, and obviously for me it was like just eliminating the possibilities. And it was like, well, Abraham's passed his comet death, it'll be Abe and Glenn. Just obviously, like, my theories were... Li- like, my, my, you know, what I was saying to you in that is that I felt that Glenn would go and then Abe would get annoyed and something would happen, you know, and then Negan would kill it, you know, try to... He'd try to get Negan for what he'd done for Glenn and then Negan would die. Obviously, it's kind of... It's nearly there, wasn't it? But it was... Uh, yeah, I don't know what you thought about it. Anyways, if you thought one or two... Well, we, we were expecting a big opener anyways, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think what I, what I thought at the time. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you, you've made a good point there. Abraham's death had already happened in the comics. And yeah, if we'd have waited all that time just for one death and it to be Glenn's, which was in the comics, then yeah, that, I would have been a bit miffed with that as well. And I think, I mean, Daryl Dime would have been interesting. I think we did discuss that, but obviously he was such a fan favourite. I mean, even then, like towards the end, you know, I remember people... Um, People say, you know, if Daryl dies, we riot and all that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there were, there were a few theories. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think I clocked on the same as you in the sense. But I think, yeah, look, it did it did make sense. Glenn, obviously, having his death in the comics. and, and um, Sorry, Abraham. 
um, and earlier than than that and, and Glenn. So, so yeah, there were a lot of theories flying about, and I suppose that six months did give us time to discuss it all and like and delve delve into it. But yeah, um, the payoff in episode one though, it, 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 there was a good payoff. Yeah. It, it was, and and this is the thing when we got the trailers for. I remember season seven trailer. Uh, you know, for the whole season was com- the Comic Con trailer. It was it was a bit naff because they couldn't really show anything because we were still waiting. And th- and that's the, again the negative side of this cliffhanger is that we couldn't really get any new footage. There was like the the smallest bit of extra footage of we got to see Negan going down to hit someone and obviously still don't know who it was. Um, but the, the 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 yeah the trailers obviously they couldn't really reveal much and we were all just kind of waiting for that first episode. I think that we knew that the rest of the season couldn't possibly you know live up to that opener. Which we're going to obviously come to now, which uh, which is, yeah. Just a, one last point as well about season uh, six, episode sixteen. The ending after Negan, obviously, we get the, the camera cuts to blackness, and all we can hear are the thuds. Uh, there's no there's no theme music at the end of yeah. the uh, of the episode. It's just complete silence, which is what The Walking Dead does when a character dies in that particular episode. So we knew that someone was definitely dead. I mean, <laughs> if anyone survived that, <laughs> good lord. Uh, Terminator in charge. Right then. So let's come to the day will come when you won't be, which is a fantastic callback as well to the line spoken to Rick by Dr. Jenner um, Mm. in the finale of season one when they go to the CDC. After letting him go, obviously, Rick says he's grateful, to which he replies, don't be, because the day will come when you won't be. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he went Doctor Seuss. I think I added "don't be." I think it just I think it just says the day will come when you won't. Be. Anyways, he says the yeah, line. Yeah. Nice little uh, <laughs> nice little uh, ref- referral there, and um, it sums it up perfectly. Because if if any episodes or any moment in in this character's life, in Rick Grimes' life, that you know, if he wishes that he wasn't alive to see or wasn't you know like wasn't let free from the CDC, this is that moment. Because geez, good lord. It was pretty brutal. This is one of my as as brutal as it is, and I know a lot of people don't like it. There's a lot of you know negatives came with it. People really, really strongly against the violence and such. But this is one of my all time favorite episodes in the run. If not, it could be my favorite. I think that the payoff was a hundred percent. You know, for that six month gap, it was worth it. It was like I say, it just it lived up and kind of surpassed. Because the thing is, is that yes, we're going to find out how who's going to die. But the, it's still a forty-minute episode. There's still other stuff that we need to see, and, so, and and for the storytelling aspects and the and the act and the performances in this episode, I'm sure you'll agree are absolutely outstanding. Yeah, no, absolutely amazing. That's the thing. Like this episode, it kind of like resets like the board in a sense, you know, in terms of like where Rick's standing is within you know within the story, and absolutely um, amazing. <laughs> it's it's both episodes sixteen and, and 01 of seven. They were directed by Greg Nicotera, who is. An amazing, absolutely fantastic director, and what he's done with you know in his career and such. And I, I honestly rate him very highly. But he focuses so much in this episode on Rick's eyes. Um, the first shot, in fact, is obviously a close-up of Rick's reaction to the killings. Obviously, as we hear Negan say, "Was the joke that bad?" And from then on, we just see how he looks at Negan from that first, from that first initial kill to the end of the episode when he's traumatised by this whole experience. It's like what he's understood is he's no longer in... He doesn't understand it anymore. He's no longer in charge. There is a much more bigger threat. I just love the fact, I said, that we follow it through Rick's eyes, but man alive, that opening shot um, when he's focused on what's happened and, uh, you know, we're just, we're just focusing on Rick and I just love that Negan walks into frame after Rick says, I'm going to kill you, but we see a bloody, a blood-covered Lucille first... Mm before Negan crouches down before they have that moment between the two. 
but yeah, just focusing on that frame and, and Rick's eyes throughout. It's um, it was just a great, great direction. I thought I felt anyways. Yeah, no, absolutely amazing. Like it is one of my favorite episodes as well. It's, it's really hard to watch, but in a good way. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a, I'm, I, I didn't sit through it all, all, you know, happy and excited, obviously because of what happened. Yeah. But like I'm kind of you know it, traumatizing in a way, especially with you know the deaths, the shots of you know the characters who died, like. <laughs> Um, like, so I remember I rewatched it with my mum, uh, my sister, my mum, <laughs> she couldn't watch like one of the deaths because of just how graphic it was. Yeah. We'll get to that, um, in a bit, but yeah, like, yeah, just amazing though. Like, you know, in terms of the, the cinematography and everything. Yeah. Cause it's 20 minutes into the episode before we do actually see what happened, you know, following the events of, uh, episode 16 of season six. And I was nervous. I remember when we watched it together, you know, we, I booked the day off work, would you believe, listeners? I think we both did, in <laughs> yeah, fairness. <laughs> and uh, we stayed up till whatever time it was. Was it half one in the morning, two in the morning, something daft like that, to, to watch it live uh, at that time in the UK from what it is being aired in America. And I was really nervous. Like, mm. I, I knew I, I, was en- I was enjoying it, don't get me wrong. And I honestly, like, I can't stress enough just how much I do really like the opening of, of you know, the Rick and Negan moments. I'll come to that in a second because it is primarily it's their episode, isn't it? It's between those two. But I was nervous. And it was obviously it's after the it was after the first ad break where we got to see what happened. I think during that ad break, I honestly I must have gone to the toilet about two or three times. I, it's just it was so nerve wracking, wasn't it? It was just to see because we knew what was gonna come, but I I just don't think we were expecting just how heavy it was going to be yeah no exactly i mean yeah we obviously we knew there was going to be a death we weren't quite sure who it was going to be although about that time we had our theories absolutely but yeah it was just nerve-wracking and yeah just the, the way the whole episode set out and the way negan is it's just like it, it's just so tense throughout like you know you you think like you feel like you know maybe you know one person's gonna die maybe two maybe more there's just there's, the stakes are so high it's just just tense throughout yeah. and like speaking of we spoke about leaks a moment ago obviously with the audio leaking from episode 16 there was another leak ahead of this episode where i personally think amc did this on purpose they, they put this leak out themselves but obviously we know that it's famously noted that each character filmed a death which we do see in this episode there's montages where we keep seeing yeah. them getting you know battered whilst ricky's thinking what could still happen as negan puts it um but everyone filmed a death and the maggie death was leaked ahead which you can still find on youtube if you look for it you can find it's not very good quality um there's like a gray bar across it but if you go onto youtube you can see this uh, this this moment obviously of of what could have been and i kind of was like there's no way they're going to kill maggie i mean it, it, there was a theory that it could be a romeo and juliet kind of death where glenn and maggie would die and it would be very like tragic in that front um, but there was no way I felt that Maggie was going. But I did I did like the fact that they were like, right, we'll throw people off even more and keep people guessing as to what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, d- did you see the footage of that? Um, I didn't actually, know, But I mean, I, I know they'd filmed like diff- different deaths and I did like it throughout the episodes where they were showing like, because yeah. I think they started with Glenn's and I was kind of like, well, spoiler, if, they, yeah. if this is what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> I think because, yeah, because when Negan gets him in the car, he, he says to Ricky, says, I want you to think about what could have happened think about what happened and think about what could still happen. So yeah, like when Rick sat there when they're driving, it's like the first person he thinks of is Glenn. And you're like, does that mean he's dead? And then it like cut to Rosie and you're like, what's going on here? And it's like, it was just so many flashing images and like the score again from Bear McCreary, I know I've gushed about him enough already on this, but it is so <laughs> heavy. Like it's so good, but it's so emotional. This like kind of slow strum on the violin as Rick, you know, this, this absolutely traumatized grief-stricken rick is 
in this RV being driven to God knows where with, with Negan, thinking about people that are still alive that could potentially still die and people that were alive a moment or two ago that are now dead. I mean, you think about it, Rick's had not, not had any moment to breathe in this. He's literally watched some people get battered beyond and then threatened Negan. Next thing you know, Negan's dragging him around like a dog, throwing him at the back of an RV and, you know, taking him to God knows where for some God knows kind of day out, which is one of the worst day outs ever. If I, if that was a trip, nothing on TripAdvisor, honestly. But the whole episode is Negan just breaking Rick. And that's the thing that I, I really want to stress. Is like, so when people, people are still grumbling, saying, oh, they took 20 minutes to get in to actually tell us, like, come on now, come on now, come on. But the clearing is one thing. What Negan does is one thing. He knows, Negan knows that Rick needs taken down a peg or two or four or five, to be honest with you. Like, Rick is determined in that moment to kill Negan for what he's done, but, like, Negan's like, right, okay, I see that, but I'm going to break you, like, I'm going to break you bit by bit during this whole, the whole episode, obviously, but this whole, yeah. see, the, the time I've got with you right now, it's make or break, you know what I mean? It's going to go one way or the other. I'm going to break you down so you are, you know, submissive to me. Like, I, I, am, I am the one in charge. He's just toying with him the whole episode, like, from leaving the axe when he first throws him into the, uh, obviously to the, to the RV and he slams the axe into the table and just obviously goes to sit in the driving seat. It's there for Rick to grab. And it's like, like, like Negan says, and again, excellent direction here. Cause I have to point out that I absolutely love that Negan is looking at Rick through the mirror of the RV, talking to him, being and like mocking him, being like, I'm going to kill you. He's like, did you see what just happened? What I just did? Like literally he's like, go on then. If you want, have a pop, take the axe, go on. I just love that he's toying with him just to see how far he can push him mm. and to see what is his breaking point. You know, like it's, it's one of those ways he obviously knew that Rick would go for the axe, but he's again, one step ahead of him. But it's breaking that spirit of Rick, which is that—that that is this episode, isn't it? It's just yeah. breaking him, and it is horrible for us as the audience members, isn't it? Yeah, it's horrible for us to see Rick go through this, but also Negan—he just plays—he just plays it so well. He's like such a, you know, such a ba- such a badass, like such a twat at the same time. But it's kind of <laughs> like, yeah, there's no just the way he plays it, and yeah, he breaks Rick down because that's the thing. Like you know, he could have killed him, but I feel like he kind of. He wants to keep the leader, but he wants the leader to then tell the other people, you know, how things are, you know, that, that they're all in line. So, but yeah, throughout the course of the episode, he completely breaks him, like, yeah, throwing the axe out and, you know, he's got to fight all the walkers off to get back in. Yeah, just crazy. It's not filler, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. filler. I think the structure's dead on with this episode. It's a perfect storytelling. Again, I've criticised Gimple a lot and granted he got some things wrong in season six. Bloody cliffhanger, dickhead. Um, but like, <laughs> this episode... I felt like he he absolutely nailed it. You know, his writing and then Nicotera's directing. I think it just worked absolutely perfectly. And 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 it's those it, again. I've said to you time and time again. I'm going to say it again right now. How Jeffrey Dean Morgan, or in particular Andrew Lincoln, did not win any award or even get nominated for anything. As far as I'm aware, they might have maybe some smaller award, maybe nominated, but how they didn't win anything quite significant for this. I think is disastrous. Like I think it's disgraceful because they put their bloody efforts into this. Like I can't imagine. I can't imagine a more hard, especially for Jeffrey Dean Morgan. You think about this character, this this actor, should we say, he's taken on this role. He wanted to do the role, which we famously know that there's a story as well, which you can see on YouTube. He was well happy that he'd been kind of offered the role and he was definitely bloody taking it because he knew where The Walking Dead was and the TV and when his agent called him and they were like, there's a big bad coming. He's like, it's Negan yeah. and I'm doing he it. Like, <laughs> But you think about this from an actor's perspective. You're coming into, and I know he's openly spoken about this, but you're coming into 
a group of people that are not only you know uh, co-workers but they're friends and and now potentially family you know i mean they're they're you know that 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 way that's that's how the walking dead is they they are quite a, a, a tight knit you're coming into it and then you know your first outing you're killing off a be- two one in very beloved character but two beloved characters yeah daunting yeah no absolutely uh, he does a terrific job and that's the thing yeah i think he was a big fan of the show wasn't he so oh, yeah. he was yeah. and um yeah he was delighted about um being cast um i know that i know a few names were, were like banded around like john ham yeah, yeah. Uh, idris idris elba as well oh right idris, i didn't know that yeah, oh wow that'd, that. that'd yeah, have been yeah, really cool yeah, yeah. I, I got a list down actually there was john ham uh henry rollins or rollins apologies uh bruce campbell obviously from evil dead mm-hmm. uh, that would have been maybe cool idris elba all considered um, and I do believe as well the uh, there was yes uh, Garrett Dillahunt uh, he was also he's the actor that ended up playing John Dory in Fear the oh, Walking Dead yeah, yeah. so I was like ah I'm glad he got to do something in the in the, in the Walking Dead but Kevin Durand as well uh, was the other name but yeah I, I, I it's weird because all of, all of them have got kind of Negan qualities especially in like maybe the, 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 what they're looking for with the bone structure of the jaw or something like that but or like the face or whatever but I, I can't imagine anyone else playing Negan. No. Uh, no, absolutely. It's like, yeah, looking at it now, it's like, it's like I don't know, Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. Like, you can't yeah. picture anybody yeah. else doing it. But yeah, Jeffrey D. Morgan, like, he absolutely owns it. And yeah, you made a good point. Like, you know, he's basically he's coming into this like, you know, family of actors, and then he's wrecking it really by taking two beloved characters. Like, yeah, like. Um, obviously, Glenn been there from the start, and I think even though Abraham came in, was it season three? Like you know, he, he became one of my favourite characters. But yeah, no, Jeffrey D. Morgan, he just he plays it so brilliantly and throughout this whole episode. He's he's you know he's he's, he's killed two people, but he's enjoying himself, you know, yeah. and, that, and that's and that's it. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it, it absolutely stole the show. I'm gonna nitpick you. Season four, Abraham came into it. I just remember because it's when they're on the way right, to Terminus. Yeah. You were close, but yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. No. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just a, a wonderful a wonderful performance all around from both Andrew Lincoln and, and Jeffrey D. Morgan. And we are going to talk about the killings, don't you worry? I know we've been talking for a while now. So like we've not even got to this bit yet. But like, I just think it's so heartbreaking and sad to see. Obviously, Rick breaking down on the top of the RV. Obviously, Rick again, Negan again, toying with Rick, throwing the axe, being all like, "This axe, it's mine." There's people back there of mine. He's like, "Go get my axe. Let's be friends." And throws it on the roof. Amazing how many people didn't realize he did that. Like people were like, "Why did Rick have to? What was he doing?" It's like, do you not hear the axe, the the hatchet fall, fall on the roof as he throws? Anyways, we see his arm go. Anyways, that's a separate a separate issue, um, side issue, side tangent. You know, he was the leader. Rick was the leader of this group of people. Like he, he the protector. You know, and yet he hasn't done what he was supposed to do. I mean, we're harking back as well to what Maggie says to him in the in the RV when they're on the way to the to the hilltop in season six in, in season six episode sixteen, where she's saying that. She believes in him. She tells him, I believe in you, Rick. When he's like, we're going to get there, be fine. I believe in you. And it's like, it's horrible because he's, for, for Maggie, it's a huge uh, world-changing moment, obviously, what's due to come. But it's like, it's horrible. But again, wonderful performance from from Andrew Lincoln. And then obviously we get, you know, the the ad break and then we cut back to the clearing and focusing again on, on Rick's face and eyes, the, you know, darting side to side. And you can see him trying to work out, there's got to be a way I can stop this. There's got to be a way, but there's, there's literally nothing. There's only one outcome. There's no way he's going to save him in this. It's just, it's so horrifying to see what's about to unfold, especially because we'd waited six months for this yeah. and you see, you know, Negan walking up and down doing his anybody more. And you're thinking, Oh my God, who is it going to be? And when it landed on Abraham, what, what were your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I mean, I was kind of like, oh, no, no. I mean, like, 
I, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd well, I'd, I'd have preferred it to be a character I liked a bit, well, less, like a less main character, but obviously we knew it had to be someone, you know, someone big. But yeah, just like, yeah, damn, Abraham's such a good character. And, but yeah, he, he took it well though, didn't he? Yeah, he took it like a germ. Uh, there were hints though to it being Abraham in, in uh, yeah, in, in episode 16, you know, there's a few moments, obviously, there's a, the particular moment when Negan first goes up to him. Abraham kind of like, this is after Negan said, I'm going to beat the holy hell out of one of you. He's walking around the group, obviously, and then he look, comes to Abraham and Abraham looks up at him and then kind of like on his knees, but he kind of sits up further, like kind of just like, almost like standing up to Negan, but on his knees, mm. almost saying to him, pick me do it, like, do it, you're fine, like, I'll take one for team kind of thing, you pick me, and Negan says the line, i got to, I got to shave this shit, which I kind of see that as, like, a double line, almost, like, as in, he is referring to the fact that Negan is clean-shaven in the comics, and obviously he's got a beard in this, he was filming, Jeffrey Morgan was filming, I think it was The Good Wife or something like that, ah, so he okay. couldn't shave for this, for his, for these scenes, so he says, I've got to shave this shit, which obviously is in reference to the banging handlebars that Abraham oh, has, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, I felt like it was, like, a I've got my eye on you as who I'm going to beat and kill. And then the other hint that I picked up on, again, from watching this, as you said, how many times did you watch this episode? I watched it when this aired <laughs> so many times. But when he's doing Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, when he gets to Miney, he lands on Abraham and holds, just holds it just a, a little bit longer. He says, Miney. And I was like, that, and the way Abraham's looking at him, he's like, he looks like an angry dog's had his dinner bowl taken off him. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's like, I've listened to all this crap that you've said and I am not standing by you like at all in the slightest. You are, I am not going to be your your servant and give you my stuff that you're somehow claiming. Like, he just looked fuming, but the way that he said Miney, I was like, I feel like it is, I, I'd already said before, I felt like because he surpasses comic death, it would probably be Abraham anyways, but... It, there were just these little hints, but when Abraham got picked, it, it was all the same. Even though I guessed it was going to be him, I still was pretty sad. And that, and obviously they had the peace sign, Sasha and Abraham, throughout all of season six. Mm. It was a nice little way that obviously the, the 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 writers and directors could do like a goodbye from, or at least some interaction from this character. Because if you think about it, they kind of put themselves in a corner where the POV shot at the end of season, at the end of at the end of sixteen, like the camera doesn't move away, the, the eyes don't move away from Negan, it's looking at him. So they had to do something like without him turning his head or anything. So I, I, I touch your moment and Sasha's reaction to seeing obviously the peace signs, like even more heartbreaking, but the first whack and the iconic line, let's be honest, when Abraham gets up and he says, suck my nuts. Honestly, <laughs> how iconic was that? <laughs> So iconic. I mean, I have it on a T-shirt, I believe. Do? I do, yeah. yes. Uh, some, some very nice gentlemen may have pictured that up. <laughs> that was a very nice birthday present. Thank you. Yeah, well, like I say, Abraham, one of my favourite characters. And yeah, I think from Negan's perspective, I think he... I think he might have clocked Abraham as possibly like, you know, Rick's right hand man, like the yeah. enforcer, like the way Abraham carries himself, like, well, again, with that line, suck my nuts, you know, yeah. it's, um, you know, you can tell, I think, yeah, that it, it was an obvious, obvious choice for Negan in, the, in a sense, even though we couldn't see it beforehand, although obviously you theorized very well. Um, but yeah, and it, yeah, just the, the hits of the, of the bat and like seeing that it's Abraham, it was, it was brutal. I mean, and, and, you know, that was hard to take at the time, but, Throughout the episode, things get worse. <laughs> I like, I like, as I say, I like. It's horrifying, but like, with the initial first hits from Negan onto Abraham, obviously it cuts back him, cuts back to Rick, you know, on the RV on top of the RV, and it's like a, again, there's limited score once again once Abraham has been picked. But what I think is more effective is that the beatings, there's like an echo to them to start with. Like it, it, it keeps happening in the first couple. 
And it's like signifying almost that Rick is reliving that moment. And as the echoes are fading, it's almost like he's back in directly that moment again. I don't know. Like that's how I picked it up because I just thought it was, especially with Rick reliving it in his head, these echoes, it just, it just made it more horrifying. And, and I, and today, in fact, when I was rewatching it, I was like, I'm going to count how many hits the characters take. And Abraham takes 18 hits. Um, that, you know, there's obviously, we'll come to obviously the people reactions to the violence, but that was one of the things, wasn't it? People were saying it's one thing to be character to death, but to be the over beats, should we say, like the, the the continuation of just this pummeling of characters, just a little bit too much. But um, I think Abraham's death was handled a lot better in terms of the violence because we only see a certain amount of bloodshed to air quote or the, the mess that's left. A lot of it is cut into people's faces, but equally still powerful. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's the thing. You're 18, wow. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, no, it was you no, know, it was very powerful. And that's the thing, like, you you know, you could argue it was overdone, but I think, you know, it's in keeping with Negan's character, especially at this moment in time. And, uh, you know, I don't think they, I don't think they overdid it. I think it was in keeping with the tone of the show, to be honest. Yeah. I think it was just a, a moment. I mean, you think about um, some of the other graphic images that we've seen in The Walking Dead, you know, Noah's death in season five was... Pretty gnarly. There have been moments in there. I do think that this was the. I think as well it was because it's these characters. It's it's these kind. Of, they're not side characters. These are main protagonists. You know what I mean? These are people that we've followed for quite a lot of the journey. In particular, obviously, Glenn will come to in a second from season one. I think because of that and the fact that people did really dig and and were really behind these characters, the fact of the the manner in which they were taken out, I think just I don't know didn't sit well with people. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, but. I mean, from my perspective, I think, you know, it was good. You know, obviously Negan's got Lucille, you know, he's got, and we, we don't find out until later, you know, why, why it's called, why the bat's called Lucille and why he's got such an affection for it. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I have no problems with the style. If he'd, if he'd have just shot them, it wouldn't have quite been, it wouldn't have quite had the same sort yeah. of, you know, appeal with it. So, yeah. No, I, I agree. And, and I'm with you on it. I don't think that it wasn't enough for me to switch off. If anything, a lot of it, I was like, oh my God, that's like straight from the comics. Like a lot of this, I was like, this is pretty much straight from the comics. In fact, I appreciate the stuff that is from the comics, but I'm also enjoying the stuff that's not, obviously more so the, the Rick and Negan moments where he's trying to break him down. But the, just speaking about the actual clearing itself, I I, I didn't have a problem with it. Like I, I And again, like I, I watch this numerous times. I, I do get the calls of people saying they went too far, but I think they were trying to, you know, please the fans in a way. As much as it might not seem that, I think people yeah. of the comics as well, they were trying to please them um, and, you know, show them that, you know, this is, it was a signifying moment, obviously, in the, a significant moment in the comics. It's in, it's equally the same for the TV. Um, there's a moment, obviously, when, you know, after, after, after he finishes with Abraham and he taunts Rosita, which leads to Daryl, obviously, smacking him, uh, punching Negan, which, my God, I was like, oh, my goodness, like, is, is this going to, is this going to be Daryl? Um, Negan obviously is a man of his word, which we'll come to. You know, takes out someone else. He's, you know, he said that you know first one was free, but that's not going to happen. But there's a moment that I really liked, which uh, it's a brief moment, in fact. And obviously, before Negan uh, killed Abraham, he says, "If anybody moves, anybody says anything, cut the boys of the eye out and feed it to his father, and, and then we'll start." In reference, obviously, to Carl, Rick. After Negan shouts like, "No, stay where you are," and he goes back to Daryl, Rick looks to Carl. Like there's a moment the camera pans and he looks over at Carl. Obviously, that in that moment, Ricky's like he's just threatened to 
take my you take Carl's eye. You know what I mean? Like it's he's not messing about at the end of the day. Like it's almost like there's there's this moment where he doesn't even have to say anything. It's like oh my god, like my son. It's just it's just horrifying. Like that is just the start. You know what I mean? We've already seen something brutal, but you can tell that 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 Rick is um, so fearful that's going to happen. So so fearful. Um, yeah, just you know, we 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 then from that get obviously after Daryl and and does what he does and Negan then back to it and smashes a lovely little Glenn, which, um, oh my God, like that was, that was horrible to watch. I I don't know what it is about this that I know that like, um, it's again, straight from the comics with the eye and stuff. And again, I appreciate all of that. Um, but the thuds in this one, you know, when he's like, when he's really giving it to Glenn and beating him, they sound, I don't know, like, so they're just more harrowing, the more harder to bear in comparison to Waves, I would say. I don't know if you think the same. No, yeah, I'd kind of agree. Like, yeah, what after Abraham's death, you know, they're all traumatised and, like, yeah, like you said as well, Negan's not messing about. It's brutal. And, um, yeah, it does It does hit a bit harder with um, with Glenn's death, obviously. We've, we've been... We've known Glenn since the beginning of season one, like, you know, really sort of important character. And, um, yeah, it, and just the visuals as well. Like obviously, yeah, the sounds, but, like, the eye popping out, it was just, like, I think that was a bit much for some people, like yeah. I said. But, yeah, it was it was really, really brutal. And uh, But, again, it's, like, even though, you know, I wouldn't say I was happy watching it, but it was, like, it did feel in, in keeping with the theme. You know, I can see why some people switched off, but... For me, like you know, that that's not a reason for me to switch off. It is you know the gore is in keeping with the theme of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's powerful and graphic. You know, what I mean, it's it's a signi- like I said, it's a significant moment for our heroes for for what's going to set them on the path that they do for the rest of the show's run and the rest obviously the rest of season seven and onwards and this and that. But like I I I I I get what they were doing. You know, what I mean, and you've got like Greg Nicotero who's directing, who's like a fantastic icon in the horror world and such. Like, there's going to be, I don't think. I'm a little bit surprised if people went into this episode not expecting it to be bloody. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, I think it'd be incredibly naive of people if they were going to go in and think, "Oh, it's just you know, it's not going to show us hardly anything." I mean, we heard the noises they were making, obviously at the end of season six. You know, like this, someone's, um, you know, someone is going to get their head smashed in, mashed in. You know what I mean? And I do. I think, like I said, I think it, it boils down to obviously some people don't like horror, and that's fine, and that's a bit too much for them. I think as well, it's a mix of that, but also people loving Glenn so much, yeah. and it's the manner in which he went. But as I say, it's it, it's important for characters like Maggie, like Rick, obviously, and where they go from here. I do believe as well that when they were writing this, putting it together initially, they were trying to scramble any other ways that Glenn could survive, um, and they did have some other ideas. But Robert Kirkman, obviously creator of the comics, and 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 Scott Gimple, that they came to that conclusion that. It couldn't possibly work in terms of, like I've just said there, for the trajectory of these characters, yeah. for Rick and Maggie, there's no way around it. Plus, Stephen Young, who played Glenn, um, he wanted the death. Like, he was actually cast just before that. He'd already been cast as Glenn. Issue 100 came out, and it's almost like he knew straight off what how his character was going to die. Mm-hmm. But I think he said there and then, don't give that death to anyone else. Like, this is, that's my death. And it would have been a bit strange. I, it, it's kind of like a sliding door moment. Can you imagine what, like, how it could have been if they didn't kill him off. I, just, I don't know. There's no other way for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. In a way, it kind of was inevitable. Like you said, yeah, the actor um, wanted that death. And uh, yeah, it, it, that's the thing. It, it needed to happen. And I think, you know, Glenn, Glenn was a character we cared for quite a lot. And um, it sets like Maggie, Maggie and Rick off on different paths, you know, like literally, because there's a bit of, 
you know, we're moving further ahead now, but there's animosity between um, Maggie and Rick in terms of like the different leadership styles. Mm. And I think obviously Maggie, you know, she, she never gets over the death of Glenn. And I think that kind of, that kind of styles her character for the next few seasons. Whereas Rick is a bit more uh, like, I don't know, compassionate maybe in some ways, but yeah. I think as well, obviously, you've got to remember that not only did he beat Glenn to death, it's the taunting as well and laughing at him as he was dying and such, obviously, mm. as he was calling out for Maggie. You know, there's, you know, there's, how can anyone recover from that if you're, you know, you're a widow from that? It's, it's horrendous. And um, Glenn takes, I counted, 17 hits. 17. So, uh, but they're, they're just a bit more brutal. They're, they're, there's an argument, I remember, I think it might have been Lauren Cohen that said this, um, who plays Maggie, obviously, that she was saying that there may have been like an argument for not showing the graphic side of Glenn's death and maybe focusing solely on like Maggie just to see her reaction. Don't know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, I d- again, I, I, you know, because I, I know there were a lot of backlash people saying it was like torture porn and yeah. stuff like that. I don't really agree. I don't know. I just I've, I feel like you know, yeah, you could have you could have zoomed in on Maggie's reactions, and that would that would have had some sort of impact. But I think just, I mean, I mean, seeing Glenn's eye pop out, it was disgusting, but it was like it was good to watch. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. yeah well, for me, I was like straight from the comics. Oh my God. I mean, at the same time, like, oh my God, but like straight from the comics, you know, and in a way you appreciate the art that went behind making that, you know, like the prosthetics, this and that. Again, that's just my movie head on it and, yeah, yeah. and TV head on it and stuff. But I, yeah, I, I'm not, well, obviously we watched it till the end. I'm not one of these people that think it was, um, Definitely not torch porn. Anyways, there's some harrowing stuff that's out there. This is this this is this is part of the story. That you know what I mean. That's how I see it. It's part of the Walking Dead story. It's where it's a good turning point. And like we said earlier, I said too, the heroes can't win all the time. It'd get too bloody boring. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. That that's the whole thing. I mean, I think when people like start watching The Walking Dead, I think they kind of think it's going to be like a zombie thing, and they're going to find a cure, and that's going to be it. But that's not what The Walking Dead's about. You know, it's about exploring this like post-apocalyptic world. And the introduction of Negan is brilliant because, like, you know, he's he's kind of like a, a dictator. You know, like you know, the people below him like hang off his every word, and like you know, for for six seasons we've had Rick as the leader. He's the one we've, we've come behind, and like you said. In season six, it's like, you know, what can stop him? But then all of a sudden Negan comes in and it like completely resets things. And I think I can see why people um, sort of tuned out because I think they were like, you know, I'm not investing in this. It's different. Mm-hmm. You know, for I think for a lot of people, like you know, they know that the heroes are going to be after season seven, episode one, they're going to be going through a lot of shit, you know, for, for the next at least a season. You know, it ended up being two seasons, you know, with the whole saviors um, thing. But like... Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I'm so, but I'm so glad I kept watching it because you know Negan's character. You know, you go considering what how you feel about him at the end of the series compared to when we we're introduced to him. When we we're introduced to him, it's like you know you're always going to hate this character. Like, yeah. You know what he's done to you know he's killed Abraham, he's killed Glenn. You know he's horrible. But then you know eventually he gets his you know you never think he'd get any sort of a redemption arc. But I think it's a testament to the writing that you know he does eventually. Yeah, they 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 put so many more layers to him, didn't they? They made him they made him three D rather than two D. Mm. That's for sure. Because <laughs> biggest problem I think and. Yeah, so you instantly, I think, from from these moments, obviously with Glenn, you just you get now where Rick's at. Probably more so than I mean, we know where he's at with first, but you know he is he is like in that present moment. You can tell he's he's he's, he's full of rage, sadness. You know, he's the loss of someone that's important to him. He's doing everything that Negan's saying for him to do, but through very vengeful eyes and gritted teeth. And that is something that Negan wants to change. And you can see that there's like such kind of shock, almost like an like a laughable shock that Negan's like. You know, when Rick re-enters into the RV after, you know, he takes out a few of those walkers, um, 
outside the RV. You know, Negan like holds out just a gesture for their hatchet back, but he's looking at Rick's eyes still just to see what. How are you looking at me? Continuing on from that, when they when he takes him back and he says, "We're here, prick." And again, Rick looks at him angry. There's this like that reaction from Negan when he like kind of like not scoffs, but it's almost like a little chuckle. It's almost he's there. You can tell he's there thinking as if after everything, this guy is still wanting to fight back. You know what I mean? It's like, all right. We'll 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 keep going. We'll we'll see how much further we can get. Which obviously leads to, um, again, I, this for me, this was a tipping point for me because I was already a little bit like feeling a bit, oh, Jesus, this is so heavy. But the sequences with with Carl and, and him wanting to cut his arm off, it mirrors the biblical story of how God would test Abraham's obedience or tested his obedience, allegedly. Obviously, I don't believe in that crap. But like tested his obedience by asking him to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Um, but then God stops Abraham just before he goes through with it, um, saying, now I know that you fear God. And I, I love that. Like, I think that obviously this is the same tactic that Negan uses, obviously, to to get obedience and, and to get Rick under, yeah. uh, get Rick in check. Um, but it was a tipping point for me, sorry, um, because I'd already, like I said, it was such a heavy watch. And this was, I was like, I can't, I, I genuinely didn't think I could deal with it because it was, again, a testament to Andrew Lincoln's performance. But he is, oh my God, like, he, he gives it his all in this moment, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, it does. Absolutely amazing. I mean, at this point, like, we've seen Abraham die, we've seen Glenn die. I feel like this was the hardest point for me at the episode, yeah. like because it was just. I, I remember when I first watched it, I felt ill. I was yeah, like, honestly, I was yeah. like, gee, like this is a really tough watch. Like I was like, you know, they, they all could die, and obviously, I mean, I didn't think they were all going to die at that point. But like, you know, the fact that he's, he's asking him to cut um, Carl's arm off, it's just, it's so. And then, and then, yeah, you see, you've, you know, Rick. We've seen him as a strong leader. We've seen him take a bite. You know, we've seen all this cool stuff. And then just to see him like completely broken at this point, he's crying. There's the snot bubble. Snot it was just bubble. like, please. <laughs> please, it could be me. Like, but it was really, it was really hard to watch. Like, you, you, it's like you've all, you've almost seen him like completely like emasculated and like, and you know, Negan's absolutely lovely. I think he even even says like, you know. Your, your friend Dowell, he's not a little bitch like you. Like yeah, yeah, like that. yeah, he's not like a little bitch like someone I know. Or something. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, was yeah, it. That yeah, was yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. it's it's bleak, isn't it? It's mm. so bleak. And you said it. You said it perfectly there. Like you felt ill watching this moment. It was just like, not. I'm not saying it was a step too far. As in, like, oh, I'm never watching this. I just felt as in, like, I was like, oh my god, like, what else are they going to put us through? Because we, as an audience member, have been put through so much already in this episode. And like I said, Rick crying on the floor and almost literally almost having to cut his off his own son's hands or arm even I should say oh my goodness it was um it was it was just really tough to watch that uh, but as I said before and what what were you saying there Andrew Lincoln's performance in this was absolutely absolutely impeccable um I love the little comic panel as well when Rick's at, when Negan gets up and says like oh we'll be back for his offering in the first week until then ta-ta and then throws the hatchet that like say that wide shot that like the, the camera over over the top looking at you know everyone on their knees on the floor and the saviors around them and the battered corpses um and the hatchet on the floor literally is a full page i believe from the comics and i i, I love it when they do stuff like that anyways but mm. i just love what they did i loved how they did you know really honor and 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 really use the the source material but then i love what they did because at the end of the day you know, breaking Rick, there's comics and live action are completely different. You know what I mean? Like there's no way that they could have just done what they did or Negan do what he did. I should say killing Glenn and Abraham uh, and then just leaving. You know what I mean? Like there's no way that we, our Rick, we'd be surprised if our Rick was just that submissive. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, exactly. That's the thing. Like you, the TV show does things that the comic comic books can't. Like I say, you know, the actors really do bring it to life. And yeah, that that's the whole thing. Just seeing like Rick like completely destroyed at this point, and it, it, it's it's come throughout the entire episode. Like I say, the deaths and then the way this is the way this all comes about. And yeah, like I said, it's it's a beautiful shot as well. Well, I say beautiful. That was not, not in a nice way, but yeah. in like a you know a, re- a really interesting way. Um, like you know, you've got the two dead bodies, the pools of blood there. It's just yeah, it, it, just perfect the way it sort of um, came out. Yeah, I think we as audience, as I said, for, as an introduction to Negan, <laughs> we're like, well, this is it. I think as well, that's another thing why people shut off. There was like, it was just it, it sent, like I said, that sense of bleakness or that sense of like that these that there was no kind of uh, happy go. Uh, not not that the Walking Dead is happy go, Larry, or anything, but there was no happiness there it was just completely that was we were numb you know i mean everyone was numb to what had happened and grief was obviously a big theme of of this particular half of the season anyways well all of the season but mainly the first eight episodes anywho um i I felt like i said that that, that i think people just couldn't deal with that in particular as the episodes went on it was just really really doom and gloom wasn't it yeah no absolutely i mean that's the thing it was an amazing episode and i think I, I'm trying to think about what, what other audience members might have thought, but like I, they could have been worried about, you know, there being more sort of violence and stuff. I mean, you know, for, that's not an issue for me, but I think another thing as well is I think you kind of know eventually Negan's going to be taken down, but it's yeah. going to be a long time until that happens. And you think, you know, you've got to put yourself, you know, you've got to, you're going to be putting yourself through a lot of like harrowing moments. Um, but yeah, but, but the, it was worth it. You know, it, it was good TV, you know, and it's like, you know, that, even though you, you do have episodes where it's like, oh, damn, you know, this is so hard to watch. It, it's really good to watch, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you you want to stick with it. And, you know, I think even though season seven and eight, you know, there were there were a few filler episodes in there, here and there. I think the payoff... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm being too nice, but yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but the, but the payoff in the end was, you know, completely worth it. Like. it. It really was. You know, the six months was a horrible way, um, but I do think that we... they they you know, made it up to fans anyways. Mm. And I, 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 I fully appreciate that. Um, obviously we're coming towards the end of, of episode one of season seven. Um, just a couple more points that I've made. I, I, the piano again, the score and such that moment when all the saviors are leaving and we're just focusing on the, our heroes crying on the floors, obviously as, as kind of taking a breath as to what's happened. And then when Maggie's wanted to take Glenn's body back and she doesn't want help from everyone. And then they'd say like, no, no, we want to help you. He's our family too. It's like, Oh my God. God, that is horrible. Oh, the dinner God. dream sequence. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Seeing Abe and Glenn, um, just everyone around the table, extremely emotional. I mean, there's deleted scenes from that as well. There's like an extended sequence where I think Glenn's putting like a, a, a light bulb in one of the outlights outside or something with what would be young Herschel. Um, oh my God. It's like, it just, just sad. And I say, it's so, it's so emotional, so moving. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was something heart-wrenching. After everything what happened in the episode and yeah, just that dinner sequence, it was you know what could have been it was and that this is what walking dead can do you know what i mean you you go through an entire range of different emotions and it it was just so well done yeah it was perfect and uh, it's a nice uh, nice touch as well that just jumping obviously to season 11 the again spoil, well, I say spoilers we've gone we've done it all anyways but season 11 obviously there's that moment at the end of the episode where our heroes are sat around a dinner table having drinks and such and having the dinner. Mm. It's a nice little, you know, because Negan was saying in this episode, it's not how it works, Rick, not anymore, this and that. But it's like, well, no, you're actually wrong. Like, there's a different way to rule in. There's a different way to, to survive in. Your way is not the right way at all in the slightest. And I thought it was a nice little callback to have that that dream sequence that Rick had 
come to, to, to life, you know, in that in that last in that last episode. Mm-hmm. And then finally, again, we finish with Rick's eyes again, which as I've said before, this whole episode focuses on it. It's a great move from Nicotera to see where Rick is in that moment. And we'd see these eyes, these very heavy and watery eyes that's just stunned as to what's happened. He's full of grief, he's, you know, lost and absolutely traumatised beyond. Mm-hmm. And we see that stray walker that comes out into the clearing and starts, like, feeding on some of the, the, the remains of what's left of Glenn and Abraham's heads. Um, and it's like that moment, he just looks, he keeps seeing it through the, through, through the window, and it's like, that was once the biggest threat that our heroes had. Walkers, zomb- zombies or whatever, that was the biggest threat. And now that's nothing that is not even a not even a concern. You know what I mean? Like we've come so far, but there is an even bigger threat. The Walkers are nothing compared to Negan and the Saviors, and it just kind of set us on for the rest of the season. I thought it was a perfect way to end. I think, as I say, it's one of my favorite episodes, season seven, episode one. As brutal as it is, and as emotional as it is, uh, the introduction of Negan is um, it's up there for me. It kind of I think this this the Jeffrey D. Morgan's performance, the storytelling, the writing, this and that. That to me, that's why Negan is one of my all-time favorite characters, alongside Rick Grimes. But in terms of villains, you can't help but love him. Love to hate him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree with everything you say there. That's the thing. Your people come into it thinking it's going to be all about the zombies, but in, in, at the end of the day, it's the people that are you know the worst thing about it. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, just it's perfect, you know, perfect casting and like great as Negan. And then yeah, just. Re- just the way Rick is towards the uh, the end of the episode, yeah. It is uh, just marvellous what they did with this. Like I say, as much as the cliffhanger peed a lot of people off, including us, um, <laughs> it, it, it was worth the wait. And Negan went on, as I say, for such a such a strange and rollercoaster ride of a character arc, really. And I do like what they're doing. I'm, I'm very interested to see, again, that new dynamic between him and Maggie and the spin-off that's mm. coming, off, uh, coming on um, with Dead City, sorry. But, yeah. Um, just excellent storytelling finally you know, to, to wrap this up I, I think that it's um, you can understand why the actors had such a hard time filming this and doing this and just on another uh, kind of personal experience of mine I actually got to meet Greg Nicotero at the Walker Stalker convention in London and um, I think it was around when season 8 was coming out in fact and I, um, I obviously had a picture with him and this and that, but briefly got to have, a, have a, a very quick chat as obviously people were there but first thing I went to was this episode I was just chatting to him about um filming it this and that and he was saying that you know it was I remember distinctly saying that everyone just was like really just shattered afterwards because they'd go from you know sobbing sobbing then they'd be like cut and then they'd stop and then it'd be like right action then they'd have to go back to sobbing sobbing again it just sounded like it was an all in all like a very I I do I can understand why the actors didn't uh, really talk too much about it because I remember they specifically said in the promo and the interviews for this, uh, for the build-up to season six ending and, and seven starting, that to kind of honour the characters that were going and the respect for them kind of thing, that they weren't going to really talk too much about it because at least the the, the, the the production side of it, because it was a, a harrowing experience for all. Um, but, you know, like I say, it's it's one of those where the, there's people now that will not have to endure the six-month gap that uh, that we did, which is a blessing for them, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. People people can binge it. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there. And like uh, I say, we're probably going to end up doing more Walking Dead episodes. Um, yeah, definitely. I definitely want to get you back on, man. It's nice to talk something. It's nice to talk about Walking <laughs> Dead. And obviously, we've done House of Dragons stuff, but it's nice to talk about The Walking Dead, which is a show that we love. Obviously, you've loved... Um, from season one, really, we're on it from Ooh. season one. So we're definitely what we're going to do is listen. To, in particular, we could use your help as well if you want to hear anything. If you do, uh, particular, if you want a particular episode to be spoken about on the podcast, get in touch. Uh, I'm going to let I'm going to let Jamie decide the next uh, episode or two 
that we discuss. So um, in the in the next coming months, there'll be certainly uh, certainly more Walking Dead content. We've got the build up as well to Dead City. A little bit disgruntled that Rick and Michonne's spin off's been pushed back yet again. So that's next year now. So I honestly think we're never going to see that, but that's just my. my <laughs> pessimistic self um but mate honestly i want to wrap this up because we've been talking for long enough and if everyone anyone's listened to this whole episode in one sitting hero if you've done it into split into parts i completely understand (laughs) but mate thank you so much uh any final any final words or comments on the introduction of negan um just to say that yeah he's absolutely amazing character you know so layered like and it was a perfect introduction to him. Like the Here's Negan episode, like that, that's an amazing one as well. That's up there, one of my favorites. But this is one of my favorites as well, you know, really hard to watch. But at the same time, yeah, just brilliant acting from Jeffrey D. Morgan. And Negan is uh, probably one of my favorite villains, if not the favorite, you know, of, of any show. Yeah. I stand by that as well. I think he's my favorite villain of TV, anyways. And I. Other than maybe Darth Vader, <laughs> he's uh, if Darth Vader had Lucille, <laughs> there's an idea. There's That's a, a there, there's a cosplay idea for people. There you go. Definitely. Anyways, guys, thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie, as well as always for featuring. I always really do. Pleasure. I really do appreciate you joining me, and I appreciate you, you listeners uh, listening. Of course, do keep in touch on the socials. Leave us comments, reviews, all that jazz. But until the next episode, take care.